Welcome to the Event Room, where event professionals from different backgrounds talk about the latest, most controversial, and interesting topics dominating the minds of the industry right now. This is a candid conversation, the likes of which can only otherwise be found late at night in host hotel lobby bars during industry conferences. So relax and drop in on what event pros really say when no one else is around. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event AV company that tells you how it really is. Now, let's brew something up. Hello, everyone. It is the Brew Crew back again with another episode of Event Brew coming with your news and brews and crews in the house. You know this voice. This is Will Kern from Endless Events. I'm joined by Dustin Westling of One West Events in the house, Tui Deep of Hot Rock Creative, and Nick Borelli of All Seated. Seated, seated, seated. You got How some are energy. You, guys doing today? you got some energy in you today. I'm drinking oolong tea, that's why. Ah, that oolong tea. <laughs> I had a good workout this morning, so it's, I'm super energized. Did you work out at home or did you go to a gym? No, I'm not pelotoning it up these ah, days. Ah, that's right. Yeah, peloton. The bike of privilege. <laughs> Today they, they decided to play some dubstep and, uh, you know, I got who's a your, on a bike. Who's your favorite instructor? Hannah Frankson. Hannah, She plays yeah. a bunch of like EDM and drum and bass and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but, but apparently the EDM work, workouts are also supposed to be the hardest ones, so I get my ass kicked like every day. Mm. But yeah. 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 Great. Anyways, what do, what do you guys got in your your cups or your bottles or your what it's are gonna be tin mugs? cans for me always. Ooh, tin can. Tin cans. Oh, like a you're drinking just Campbell's tomato soup straight out of it. <laughs> Nick, what do you got? What are you drinking? Yeah, I uh I have the uh sparkling ice uh caffeinated uh water the black raspberry these are great Ooh. by the way like they have them at uh target where do and, they make them uh where like what country or like where are they bought yeah, are they are they american <laughs> is are it they, in yeah. a is it in a lab or is it in a <laughs> yeah. field <laughs> yeah it's yeah. probably not in a field um it's uh yeah it's uh it's in the it's in the states um uh, at least like uh, our targets have them um but they're like 16 ounce uh flavored waters that i would i would put right up against bubbly uh and they're caffeinated and much bigger so uh mm. you know um if that's your jam they're the zero sugar zero this zero that and then a whole bunch of things you never realized kill you but all the things that you think are bad those aren't there because they replace them with things that are worse well, I am still drinking no calories, no sweeteners, and all smiles. I'm still drinking peach bubbly. Oh my gosh! Wow, it's like peach bubbly's carbonated good. water has taken over this podcast. Yeah, we're pretty exciting people, living on that edge. Let's see—is it? Are we going to go three for four? Tui, what are you drinking? No, I uh, just landed, and so back to LA. So I'm having some lemonade from Chick Fil A because that was oh, my quick yeah. grab and go. Their sweet tea is really good too. I haven't had their not, sweet tea. Yeah, I, it's probably not good for you. It's like probably just half sugar. That's probably why it's so good. But that's awesome. What do you, what do you or, what does everyone order from Chick Fil A here? Deluxe chicken sandwich. Well, I'm just a classic. No pickles. What about you guys? I uh, I support uh, the ban on chick. No, I, I just don't really go to Chick Fil A. I don't, know. I, I don't love I don't them. Have More Chick Fil A. Chick-fil-A. You guys want Chick Fil A? Oh, well, no. two weeks, we'll, we'll have Chick Fil A sometime. Chick Fil A is a real tough one of, as far as like uh, allegiances uh, on one side of like their kind of um, I don't know. Let's say some of the choices they make, in addition to really high customer service. So it's like a real tough one. Like mm. I, I wish they were just like awful as, as an experience. <laughs> then it would be really easy just to be like, yeah, screw those guys. I don't believe in the things they believe in. If it was like Comcast, but yeah, but then it's like it's such a slippery slope because literally everything else that I, is part of my life is probably um, part of uh, you know some authoritarian re- regime. So whatever. <laughs> I've never really well, been able to ban anything in my life very long. 
Uh, I mean, we can tell by all the caffeine that you drink. <laughs> I don't mean it like that. I mean like on moral reasons. You oh, know, yeah. Like this organization is this, and it's like, uh I just Googled, why does everyone hate Chick-fil-A? There's a lot of stuff. Oh, you yeah, know? there's a lot. Oh, yeah, there's no, a I lot, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I think it's one of the few. That's your I'm privilege to think of like to one of the few brands, because like I eat Chick-fil-A probably pretty regularly i love chicken sandwiches and it's just so fast and they have one right by the movie theater that we used to go to back in you know the day when you used to go to movies and movie theaters uh, remember the, those the good old days <laughs> way back in 2019 i'm trying to think if there's any other brands that are like absolutely no one would you know yeah i don't know yeah and then it's funny then i have on the other side i'm like i love patagonia mainly for like their quality of clothing not like oh hey they're like really good organization but Anyways, um, I'm Peach drinking a peach oolong tea. Let's talk about the news today. Where we decided to make this one a recap. A lot of stuff has happened in the last week uh, when it comes to affecting the events industry. So for a news and brews episode, um, yeah, uh, let's hit it with our first story of what has happened in the last week. Anyone want to hit with us with their story? Well, I'm from from a distance i can say you guys are opening up states like crazy you're getting rid of your masks you just you've, you've amazing, thrown it down isn't it yeah you're isn't so, it? it's all the things that uh the right uh was trying to do and they, they just didn't have the right person in there apparently uh no it, it's weird it's like everyone expected like this kind of like shift when uh there was a political shift uh and, and it's i actually didn't see it on that same projected line like uh, i just assumed that th this would have happened no matter what at a certain point of us just being like, I think we're good. Like we've done this as long as we can, and there's going to be an acceptable amount of, you know, I guess this happening. And when mm -hmm. it hits that number, you'll see the canaries in the mine shaft, which is, you know, what I would like to call Texas mm -hmm. uh, for a lot of things. As far as like, you know, when someone's willing to, you know, gamble, uh, it's going to be Texas first, and then <laughs> down the line. I heard an interesting, interesting interview this morning, <clears throat> and I should have probably took a note of who it was, but. So they're interviewing a lawmaker, some politician in Texas that was upset about a, I think it was a nightclub that was doing an unmasking party. So the day that the, the restrictions are lifted, they basically like sold tickets and everybody gets to take their mask off and get rid of their masks. And the, the politician that was speaking was like, hey, that's not that's not the whole point of all of this. Like that's, that's not what we're trying to do. It's obviously not the governor I'm assuming who made the decision to get rid of it. It wasn't him. It was somebody else. Anyways. And then he started talking about, I don't want Texas to be the place where people bring their events that they can't have in their own state. And I thought, so like Florida. That, yeah, that's Florida. an interesting conversation. So like, wow. You know, is that, is that, I actually think that's a thing. I think that if you're, especially ticketed events, concerts, you know, music, performance like if you can't do it in your state why not go to the next state over where you you can and i wonder if if some of that will happen through this do you guys remember healthcare tourism that like people would travel to countries to get like surgeries done and stuff like that because it was cheaper to do it in there no i've never heard of that i'm from canada you have never heard <laughs> of that I'm oh kidding. yeah sorry <laughs> <That's> <laughs> well, there you go <laughs> every every country for canadians is that mm -hmm. it's it's all going to be better yeah, but yeah, it's uh, like yeah, people go like Mexico to buy, like get like prescription drugs because it was cheaper in Mexico than it was in the states. So it's only cheaper. It reminds me a bit of them. that. It's like, like let's kind of circumvent costs and maybe legal legality. I don't know. Yeah, I I feel like uh, th there's you can't just say look we've created this vacuum, but please don't fill it. Yeah, you know, like it, it, it one is going to like either you're ready or you're not. Mm -hmm. And I think that like they they would be another level of like some kind of weird legislation. And not that we're, I guess, not ready to do things like that after this right. year. Uh, but there isn't a precedent for it of, of the ability to say, you know, however, uh, events can't come into town or or maybe they set a limit on events. But I kind of get the spirit of what they're saying. Like, look, we're doing this. If if things are kind of eased back into it, um, mm -hmm. but not we're not trying to like be this, uh, you know, try to throw gas on this fire and, and make it like, you know, worse. I, I kind of get it. But like I ultimately think, um, you know, people are going to do that if they can. Mm -hmm. The thing that kind of makes me angry, I think, about this um, is that. You know, everyone goes, oh, well, everything's so much better than it, than it, you know, cases are way down, cases are way down. And then you look at the numbers and it's like, 
this is the same number as like at least in Arizona that we were panicking over in May of last year. That we're like, oh my god, it's the end of the world. We're all gonna die. Like, don't touch handle like doors, knobs. You know, don't don't go. Don't even think about going outside. Like, stay in your house. And then it's like. It, it's just kind of back to normal and and granted i think we'll talk about later news that i think things are getting better but i just it just always feels too early to me it just always mm. feels too early and like let's take our time and i don't know it sure doesn't too, feel like a step forward it feels like a big giant leap yeah forward. it almost feels like a slap and like or, or you know what it feels like it feels like when your parents are like you're not ready to go to college, and your parents just push you out the door, and they're like, good luck. You have no money. Figure it out. Like, Is that's that a what personal experience? No, <laughs> not at all. I, I, my parents were very supportive of me when I went to college. Too. Like, my parents think? were very rich. That wasn't my problem. <laughs> no, no, well, no. Like, yeah. As you guys I, know, I, I, Hot Rock Creative hot companies is based in austin texas so when that news broke i mean we did get a all staff um email saying you know regardless of that we still have the studio space and our venue space you still have to wear a mask and socially Good distance and sign up and all that for the safety of just like the community and in, in our in our company um but for me on a personal level it completely blew my mind that they i don't feel like the united states of america right right like it doesn't yeah, feel true. it feels like not even a slap to like my face but a slap to all the healthcare professionals that are you know like risking their lives and all those who and have died and who it's have a little disrespectful there. in my eyes like regardless of what you believe in it's it's still maybe this is like the asian in me because when we wear face masks <laughs> we don't do it because like we do it to protect others right mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. when i come back from my travels, I don't have to quarantine, but I do. Or like, I don't have to get tested weekly, but I do. I don't really do it for me. I do it for those that I could potentially expose because I would feel horrible if I did that. And so for a whole entire state to say, we're not gonna, you know, like we'll be, the, I guess the guinea pigs to all of this. It's like, is it, is that going to be worth it? Like that? Well, they're not even the guinea pigs for it. They like set a precedent. The Arizona yeah. the next day removed all mask requirements too. Yeah. Really? Like it was like, I didn't hear not that. Not even like, it was literally like Texas were like, that's crazy. Then the next day it was like, and by the way, Governor Ducey says no masks anywhere. Hmm. It was like, it was such, yeah, it was, it was like such an example of like, oh, if they can do it, we can do it. Well, time will tell whether it's a good, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. I do think it's interesting about the like maybe events will start to go because we saw that like that I jokingly said Florida but look at all the events I'm using air quotes right now that happened in Florida or tried to happen and everyone's mm-hmm. pushing towards Florida because of what happened like you know I, I, no doubt do I see that the you know the Dallas um, you know hotels are going to be popping even more than they were pre-COVID so hmm. yeah should we transition to the next story? Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a lot of related stuff with the direction of where things are going. Like, since um, the numbers aren't spiking up, um, and in most cases they are trending down, uh, the speed in which and then, you Mm -hmm. know, what that implication means um, is, you know, obviously varies depending on where you're at, and also the impact of that varies on depending on where you feel health and safety and uh, the uh, economy sort of, like, you know, one plays over the other, but it is trending in a certain direction, which mm-hmm. is positive, obviously. I mean, the implications mm-hmm. of that are, are variables, but the, it's trending no positive. No pun intended. Yeah. But <laughs> so then, you know, it seems like it seems like the trend of the news has been kind of along, along those same lines because the events industry, um, we, we're obviously we're the first people to be impacted the hardest and will likely be the last people to be fully made whole again years mm-hmm. down the line. Um, First so we're in, the m- last out. Yeah. yeah, a lot of that was said by that uh, by the groups. Um, so that means I think we're probably the most biased and, and most likely to want to get things back to where they were. And I'm not. I'm also not saying that's necessarily wrong. Um, it's just as long as like we just you know obviously worry about you know safety being uh, like a deal like a black and white deal breaker but i think mm-hmm. moving along those lines i think that a lot of the people that were trying to make a decision should we have our uh, event face to face uh or should we um you know uh, do virtual i think that they're kind of meeting in the middle now um and making strides towards uh, obviously some sort of hybrid solution and uh, also embracing the safety part of it because i think safe events 
uh, versus no face-to-face event at all, like what hinged on that uh, was uh, obviously certain levels being what they were and also um, organizations being willing to, uh, you know, try it. And I think that that's going to be a real interesting era of the first in this group, the first in that group, um, and what the what the perception will be, um, and what the expectations will be from external stakeholders, what the expectations will be from the the peanut gallery, uh, mm-hmm. what attendee expectations will be. Like, there's a lot of really interesting precedent setting happening right now, and. There's there's a land grab opportunity uh, and there's also a huge loss of face uh, on the negative side. So I'd be really curious to see like who who the big winners and losers are for mm-hmm. this because I don't think there's going to be a lot of in between. Yeah, I, and I think there's going to be a lot of losers. Unfortunately, I think this sort of big humongous leap forward, I think it's going to come up with some negative results positive negative positive results negative results that positive <laughs> results of, of covid yeah. negative results and I, and I, of and, that. I, and I think that's going to just scare a lot of people back in and i think that that there's a responsible way to step forward and i'm you know among those people that would like to see things to be more open i'm i'm you know from canada so i you know it's we're way more restricted and will be longer i think um but I think that there's there's a responsible way to move forward, and it's it seems when you when you look at the science of it all, which is no point in getting into that, but it's just it just seems like a really a bit of a reckless decision that um, that I hope doesn't backfire, and I suspect it it might, and all it's going to do is push back those that want to be more cautious as a proof point to say see what happens when we open up, and um, yeah, mm. so I'm hoping that that maybe isn't the case and. We will see. And at the end of the day, what we should really be looking for is getting the most vulnerable vaccinated and then finding a resemblance of a life again. And otherwise, it's going to continue forever. So speaking of vaccinations, Mm -hmm. big, big news this week that um, I read that the United States is on track to uh, be doing two million vaccinations per day now. Good work. how how does that make you feel up there in Canada, Dustin? Not great, not great. We're not we're not we're not winning the vaccine uh, the vaccine rollout game. That's for sure. I uh, the the largest concentration of all seated employees uh, is in Israel, of which they've all had two rounds already. Doesn't uh, surprise so, me. It's crazy. Yeah, that, that's uh, you yeah. know, like I remember hearing that everyone got it um, in January, and I was like, man, we guys are way far ahead. So there's a mm-hmm. huge disparagement in that regard and i also think that like that makes me think of of what uh dustin's talking about of not being there first and us being kind of somewhere sort of in the middle-ish um is the reality of events that are uh attracting a global audience Mm -hmm. that's going to be a real x factor you know any any event that takes uh people that are from such varied um area i mean there's certain areas that are actually not doing really great right now globally and there's certain mutations that are that are taking place that people are starting to really pay attention to forecasting months and months down the line and having an event that is international um that's a real x factor in my opinion Mm -hmm. like i think that you could you could contain uh, a sort of regionalized event even at scale uh, mm-hmm. down the line and, and consider what the impact would be. I think that the variables become exponentially harder to deal with and, and predict when you have a global uh, difference. And like, mm-hmm. it's going to create this like different class of uh, attendees, you know, based on where they're from or a different fear factor mm-hmm. um, with depending on where people are from. And I think it's fair to say that our industry doesn't come back until there's plane loads of people in the sky crossing the planet to go to a destination like when that happens and that happens with confidence is when we can say we reopen reopening the you know the local bars and having regional events that's not the event industry reopening i think that is like that's step one and i think that we when we talk a lot about this is this is a long road and i think that's what probably what we're referring to the most is that we really are not open and for so many people in our industry that rely on that sort of um those sorts of events. I, I think there's still a long way to go, but I do wonder if those countries that got their shit together, 
that get through the vaccination process first that you know that come out as the as the the ones to 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 fully reopen i wonder if they are going to be more attractive for those first sets of or that first year of of international travel um yeah i could i could definitely see tourism um sort of having a feature of its marketing slash you know like sales i don't know what you call it that's like higher than that but um, just one of the features of a space uh, being or a region being of its safety, you know, when it comes mm-hmm. to protocols, when it comes to uh, ability to um, uh, inoculate. I really could see that as being like one of those deal breakers that people consider when they're making choices uh, for destinations. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking think? forward to just the all these articles and research that's going to come out about vaccinations within the event mm-hmm. industry because if we thought that covid testing and keeping that in order and being you know compliant in that area it was difficult I, <laughs> how are we going to do vaccinations like mm-hmm. there will be people that won't get them is it our yep. responsibility is it our even to even the privilege to even like know yeah. like are we able to ask people i don't, I don't think it'll ever happen. legally probably legally not. yeah I, like how do we think, keep track of that i don't think it'll happen i really don't i think that i don't think we're going to be in a space where we have a vaccine passport that you have to carry around with you and that you can't go to this unless you're vaccinated yeah sure if you're going to go to a long-term care home or you're going to go to a place where there is you know the potential for that to be higher risk maybe maybe you need to be vaccinated but if we're talking about a concert or an event by the time we get back and running like i just i don't see a world where that that is going to happen well i think the restrictions are going to be around like travel though right. um because i mean like you just look at like every time that i've gone to like a, i like remember during like zika outbreak i went to panama like yeah i'd have like i'd get like tons and tons of shots just to get enter mm-hmm. there and some places it's like hey it's highly advised that you have yeah. this in order to travel i can there. see that yeah you know but I definitely, I think it will be hard. I mean, there are like these, if you Google like digital health passports, mm-hmm. like they are popular and they already are existing. Um, in fact, uh, think about like clear, if you guys remember, yep. I just feel like it feels like forever since I've even it's been like, on a plane. I remember airplanes. Yeah. I remember airplanes. Like I feel like I had to remember to go cancel my Admirals Club membership because I was like, I don't use this at all anymore. Um, just, but Just clear, so we clear. can just so we can keep track of all your flexes on this call. That was Admiral Club, <laughs> Peloton, Clear, Rich Parents, uh, College was paid for. Okay, good. I just, yeah, you can be college president. was not paid for. I'm still paying here. off college for the record. Uh, well, if we, Will's, uh, Will's parents are listening. <laughs> my parent, I'm very grateful for my parents. But um, uh, Clear has been doing a digital health passport. I think that that's what's really interesting to see is like, if it becomes really accessible, super, super easy, like, I can imagine that, like, if I can just, like, yeah, connect my my vaccine shot I got, boom, the more easy it is. But the more complicated it is, I think the less easy it will be for it to adopt, for sure. And then I think the the challenge is who decides, who gets to make the decision as to who goes where. So is it the government that's going to say that you have to have these vaccines to go into a venue that holds x amount of people like who's who's actually going to start making those decisions and that's where i think it's really unrealistic that that's Mm going to happen i think i think vaccines for travel that 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 is likely i can see that maybe not you know maybe not um required but um um, suggested um because who's going to make those rules who's 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 actually look look at look at new zealand right now like you can't get into new zealand but i'm sure one of the first things they'll do is you can come to new zealand to travel if you have your verified digital passport with your vaccine yeah you know and that i think certain countries are going to be more wired for collective uh you know care than uh certainly ours which never really cared yeah, about and the, anything other than the individual from its beginning totally. to now and then over time when they start losing out on international business when they start losing out on conferences that won't go to ah. their destination then they're gonna then then money they'll stop talks. the money will talk and the market will drive what happens next and if you're going to be one of the only developed countries that is going to make the decision to be to be ultra safe, not saying you should or you shouldn't, but you're going to pay the consequence. And the consequence is, is that you're not going to be an attractive destination for business travel, for, you know, a conference or a convention to come to your country because they know that anybody that's not vaccinated is not going to be able to get in and blah, blah, blah. And like, Jesus, there's American companies that worry about taking their conferences out of America because how many people don't have passports? 
that are Americans. Like that is yep. a real issue. Oh yeah, I can remember many a Canadian event where uh, they were trying to like panicking in the last minute to get their passports so they can come. Yeah. Um, Do you guys feel like with the two million per day number though that we're a lot? We're more accelerated than we have ever been, or do you feel like well, of it's course, yeah, none the same? I think you guys are on a good path. Yeah, and I I also heard though, like with you know two million available, they're so because of the phases that we're in and the people who are qualified to get vaccinated, like there's hundreds of thousands that are going to waste mm. each day as well because Sounds people right. aren't. Yeah, which I don't understand. I I think it was Dan, Dan or Don Berger that um, that tweeted like. Like just set up a just set up a list of people, and as soon as you don't have any more of the, you know, the over sixty fives, put out a call, and everybody lines up at the pharmacy, and everybody gets them. And like, it seems crazy to be wasting them. Crazy. I have a friend. I have a friend who's done some volunteering, and he says that like one day they it was like during the holiday weekend. I think it was like two weekends ago or so. He said that he was volunteering for it. And by the way, if you want to get a vaccine early, just go volunteer. <laughs> totally. um, by the way, pro, pro tip. Um, but he was volunteering and he says that they got to the end of the day and they're like, we have so much extra. Like everyone showed up or so there were no shows. And then that's when they were like, and so do you want yours right now? Like, we'll just you know, put yeah. it in you. Um, so I think that that's also one of the things, too, is like you said, like they were like saying, like, text your friends, text your family, tell them to get down here if they can, you know, but like it needs to be wider, I guess. I'm I'm also curious to know how well are we documenting who's gotten it? Like if that's oh. if that's yeah, the kind no of like so when we when we start to think about like what what would a vaccine passport look like or like is there really great records if volunteers are just getting popped in the arm while they're like on shift? Like I, I'm very curious to know how that is being tracked and if you can actually go back and say, Okay, this is how many people we know how many shots we gave out, but we're not a hundred percent sure we know who we gave them to. Yeah. I know it's all paper trail. Like I, I think about like a card and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. You know, it, you know. And I'm sure it's not just, digital because that is that's well, not the well, way governments do anything. They put the microchip in you and they just scan you like a yeah. dog. Bill, you know? Bill that's Gates how it works, right? Yeah, I thought Bill Gates was putting <laughs> microchips in everybody. Well, yeah. I will say this, and not to like not to get anybody fired up. So everybody, just take a deep breath. I have Canadian friends who have parents that are snowbirds. That have gotten their vaccines in America, no problem, easy. Good for them. It's like it's easy. They're they're part of like residential communities there where they just booked it. Somebody came and did it, and they got it faster than anybody else in Canada. And they're Canadians, so we'll talk about you're like doing Medicare, something right. Medicare Medicare tourism, right there for sure. Um, I don't know. I, I I think it's at this point until like someone who has an appointment. Well, I don't know. I guess like you can't get an appointment right now either. So, I don't know. I just I have no idea what it's like because like I'm not anywhere in an, I'm in a, I'm in like phase 6 it feels like, right? Like I'm I'm wondering if that's because I'm like, oh yeah, like if you can get it, make it happen, you know, sort of thing. But I'm I, sure there's people who I, are I like think in if phase you, 1. Like, I bet you will if you put some work into it, you could get it tomorrow. If you Probably. like if you made some phone calls, if you bugged some pharmacists, I bet you you could get it tomorrow. Um, I won't go into a super controversial conversation, but I'll ask a conversation of how much, how much do you think that like events industry needs to be pushing for our own industry to focus on getting vaccinated too? Mm. Like, I think it's kind of obvious that so many people are like, we assume that everybody in the events industry is going to want it, but what if there's a small percentage of events industry right now, who's like, I don't want to get the vaccine, but I want the events industry to come back. How much do you think like the events industry needs to be pushing for vaccinations? Do you think that it's vital that, <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. You were like, I don't want to start a controversy. And I, had uh, no, I was I, the, the other conversation I was going to go is going to be way more controversial than that question. Um, <laughs> yeah, Nick, what are you was. thinking? You're, you're scratching your beard over there. I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't see, it depends on like, I, I don't see the majority of like B to, if it's like B to B event professionals, like where, where they fall in line as far as mm -hmm. essential work, like n mm -hmm. not, nothing against, you know, myself i mean i i guess not even like i'm not an essential worker like come on like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm i'm barely able to express what i do uh <laughs> well so. let's say let's say we're not even like it's readily available and you can just walk into a cvs tomorrow and just go get it right but there's still this percentage 
a holdout that's waiting, right? And we're saying to ourselves, like, we believe as an industry, a vaccine is very important to us to getting back to normal. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 I think is that like, necessary? I'm, I'm trying to pull like, away. I'm trying to pull away from the who are we like, against? I, yeah, I don't. Well, no, the I French don't even crazies. Know that, like, I don't even know not, that that's that's true. I think that we're. That seems oh, straw man. Like, I, you think I don't our whole industry is 100 percent for it? Yeah, I no. think. No. I don't think so. Wait, for for vaccines in oh. general? Well, do you think that now? Here's the question: Do you think event companies, if you're like, you know, do you like, for example, I'll say to Dustin, like, do will you tell your employees like they have, like, hey, you need to go get your vaccine? No. I I will. I will. I mean, my none of my I employees, do. none of my employees are anywhere near the age group to get vaccinated. I think we're like set for like September. We got oh, a lot like, more to go. You can no, walk no, into CVS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can no, walk no, no, CVS. no. I'm gonna. I'm. But I think I think what I will do is when the time comes, I will share information and I will I will leave it to them I'll make sure that they've got the right information to make a decision and that's a decision they're going to make and I I don't believe that that there's anything we do that there will be a consequence to my team not getting vaccinated should they choose to I'm quite confident they will all choose to do it Um, and I think by nature of what we do I think they would feel more comfortable with it but I'm not I'm not forcing anybody to do anything and I don't think anybody should be forced to do it. Would you have them tell you whether they got vaccinated or not, Dustin? Probably. Yeah, if they wanted to. Yeah. And they would. But yeah. I think that there's a lot of different ways to keep people safe. Um, And there's a lot of uh, factors for this. And I don't think it's just that there's one solution to everything like that. uh, Unless 100% of the populace does something uh, that is a hundred percent success mm-hmm. rate. Then it, anything is just sort of like yeah, do totally. as many best practices That's as you it. possibly can. So when sixty percent of the population is doing something that has an eighty-five percent success rate, like start to do the math. Like yeah, it's none of this is a hundred percent. And I don't know that. I think if anybody's waiting for a hundred percent, we need to be at a hundred percent before we can reopen. We have to have a hundred percent of the people vaccinated. Anything we've done in a health. Yeah. Way, then we're never. So. Then we're never. We're never going to get there. We can't. We can't wait for a hundred because a hundred's not going to happen. Right. So I think we just need to take on a bunch of policies that are all aimed towards um, the maximizing of health. That you know, uh, safe and health and safety we can provide for attendees uh, and our teams. And uh, you know, that's not just a single solution because it's convenient. Um, you know, just because it seems like everyone wants a silver bullet, but in fact, there's going to be mm-hmm. diligence that's going to be required uh, across the board, and we can't just let up on diligence for health and safety concerns. Like, we're, there's going to be other, um, there's going to be other health risks. There has mm-hmm. always been other health risks. Um, so I think that we just need to, like, I think keep our eyes open and do, you know, a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it's necessarily about being a brother's keeper, but it's more about um, promoting a culture that 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 is about um, health and safety full stop totally and I think and I think as as event profs we have to continue to focus on the millions of other things we have to do to keep people safe and I think that that some of the hygiene theater has the potential to take our eye off of the things that are that are really important as well not saying that hygiene theater isn't important for some but I think there's a lot of other things that we do on a regular basis to keep this industry safe and we have to make sure that those remain a priority and those don't get overshadowed by vaccines and hand sanitizer and and masks because you know I, I can't tell you how many times I've walked into a store now where a door has been barricaded by pallets so they can control in and out with a exit sign still on it and like like that 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 kind of shit is like we've we're ignoring all the other rules that we've worked so hard to to put into place and it's like fire codes don't matter anymore there's like every every second door you go to is locked there's no so i think that as we go back to work let's not get too crazy about the hygiene theater and let's let's make sure we're we're still operating safe events so that it's like oh the stage collapsed but everyone was wearing a mask thank god <laughs> That's a good point to be able to adapt it and bring it into the rest of the, you know, checklist categories. ADA, without all without of that is still important. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because what a few months ago we were talking about how sustainability has kind of been like out the oh, window, yeah. which gone. is so sad, and that it's shouldn't gone. be the case. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. There's well, no, there's, there's less cars use on everything. There's uh, less cars on the road, but there's more single use than this planet has ever seen and more packaging and more, yeah, more, more, those more. Turtles are going to be drowning in straws. Yeah. Sorry. You had your, no. you had your three months yeah. uh, of three or four months of progress there or whatever it was. I just want to say Chick-fil-A did include a, uh, paper. A biodegradable straw. straw. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. <laughs> Shame on you for not having your own straw. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you do have your own straws, don't you, Tui? I do. Actually, yeah, I got it from IMAX. <laughs> I got it from IMAX the year we all announced Brew Crew. That will be some fun Brew Crew swag. We need some some straws. Yeah, Wait there was a period Justin. of time where I'll like I got too that. many straws. Like It was one year. It was like the year of the straw. <laughs> Uh, I remember I got like from MPI uh, the the event that like the east uh, the east province province uh, what do you call it the MPI uh, chapters that come together mm-hmm. they had like this straw kit that was like multiple sizes and like the the brush with the cleaner yeah 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 it was super cool and they came in a bag and I was like this is Listen, that's like my straw Nick. now but I, the, I, I mean, the I fourth R is refuse refuse that stuff say no to useless swag. Don't yeah. take it. I remember it. True. I mean, that's the straw. But yeah, then it was a floodgate of straws. Uh, and then I was wondering, I was like, geez, I wonder if it's worse that there's more uh, of these metal straws for the environment than there was a plastic. But I, I'm sure it was never that maximized. I'm sure it was both. Um, but hey, it's not a it's not a USB um, thing or a uh, water bottle. Yeah, the, the areas that I think that are going to suffer the most uh, from... Uh, what happened in 2020 uh, from taking our eye off of the, the different balls that we have to keep up in the air is going to be um, obviously like we st- we talked about um, the environment, but also uh, any kind of uh, uh, inclusion uh, and diversity initiatives. Uh, it's going to be very difficult to uh, have those leaders um, who are likely um, earlier in the industry or younger in general, because that's where, um, that those types of new thoughts generally come from or, the, or else mm-hmm. they would have already been there. Um, they had the hardest time, I think, sticking with our industry during uh, its roughest periods based on you know, just their, their place in the industry and their likely financial opportunities. Uh, and then when you reshuffle what's uh, most important to organizations when it comes to survival or making things better for a smaller percentage of people, um, it's very difficult to have those ideals up against, you know, just keeping the lights on. So mm-hmm. um, it's it's uh, I'll be really disappointed um, if those things don't have the ability to stick in, in the or at least to have the momentum that they they did. And I'm not I don't know if there's necessarily um, any anyone to blame, because, I mean, I think a lot of what we're talking about today is about pragmatism. You know, like we really have to make these d- tough decisions where there's no there's no perfect solution. Like we're going to get into events probably a little bit before we should. Mm -hmm. And if we do it a lot before we should shame on us, but we're probably Mm going to do it a little before we should. And we're probably going to make some mistakes and, and people are going to get sick. And these are just like, I hate to say all this stuff out loud, but the reality is, is that the world's messy. There's risk involved with everything. And I'm not saying just do whatever you want, but that, that idea of, mitigating risks to the best of all of your abilities and trying to do your best uh, is is one thing but I my other f- fear on the other side of all of this stuff are the people in the peanut gallery that are watching that are not participating mm-hmm. and exist exclusively to point at people who are trying their best who have not only good intentions um, but um, you know the best things that are available to them in a difficult situation I always find it very unfair when people on the sidelines, and I really don't listen to people as closely when they're on the sidelines um, as I do to people who are in the thick of it, who have who have skin in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying, again, anyone who rolls the dice is a hero. I, I'm also saying that people who sit on the sidelines are not heroes either. I think the, the, the heroicism is, is, abs- is trying the hardest you possibly can, truly, um, to do no harm and to also advance um, the things that you're trying to accomplish. I, I think that we need to be able to look at the median uh, and and cut out uh, the you know those two noisy areas of uh, you know the do events just because as soon as someone says you can burn your masks and, and put mm-hmm. on a, a global you know uh, rave uh, or the people that say, uh, or just sit back at their keyboards, you know, trying to take pictures of people at events to point fingers. 
I think mm-hmm. both of those groups, we need to really focus on just ignoring that and focus ahead on the things that you can control um, that you are involved in and just kind of push the rest mm-hmm. of it out. I think that you, Tui said something that, that I think is, is I think what we're going to see a lot of. So her company is, you know, they're, they're in the epicenter of reopening and they say our, our studio and our, you know, this still requires masks and we want to still follow the rules and the safety of our guests and our employees is important. And I actually think we're going to find a lot more of that in our industry. I think we're going to find a lot more that are going to say, you know, these are, these are our conditions to reopen. I think that anybody that's doing corporate work, there's going to be, you know, corporations are going to, going to demand more than what the restrictions are, which I think which I think maybe it will be the thing that helps balance all of this out. Um, I don't think it helps us when it comes to thousands of people packing into a nightclub, but <laughs> I think I think that there I think there's hope for this industry to come together and rise up, and people like Hot Rock to say say, okay, you can lift all the restrictions, but there still is a certain level that we want to operate under. Which is yeah. sad because it's like the companies that have to, you know, mandate that versus like our government. Um, Nick, I want to just acknowledge everything that you say said just now. I completely agree with like those two areas of just groupings. We got to just ignore them. And mm-hmm. for those who are trying, for those who have well intentions and for those who are really considering all options and and doing the best that they can. And the ones that, like I said, that are out there just doing or even conversating, having those discussions, that's where we need to focus on. Not those mm-hmm. who can just easily blame from, you know, a screen or just all of that. Because there's a lot of that lately and mm-hmm. it's not yeah. collaborative. If anything, it's just dividing us and that I, I can't tolerate that. I feel like the road, I feel like the road back to work is a scary one for a lot of people. And I think that that not the unknown on the other side of this is quite scary. And I do wonder if some people have gotten comfortable in this in this world and they've accepted this. Now, this idea of of going back and what that is going to look like is scary. So it's really easy to sit behind your computer and pass judgment and be a bit of a keyboard warrior because there's there's a lot of fear left in there. And it's not the fear of COVID anymore. It's the fear of what's on the other side. What's left for me? How how am I going to fit into this new world? I don't know anything about this. I don't know anything about that. And and I think those are the people that really need to stand down and shut up. And, you know, you'll, you, your place, your place will surface when it surfaces and, and get out of the way of those that are, that are trying to push forward and pushing forward just to reinforce doesn't mean recklessly opening, pushing forward are those that are, that are, that are constantly trying to find a path forward that is balanced. And I see a lot of people that are trying to do that. And, um, and I think, uh, yeah, you're right. I think you're right, Nick. It's like, if you're sitting on the sidelines, then just hush and we'll let you know when we're ready for you. I mean, those people are never going to hush. So I would say, who cares about those people? I'm telling you, I'm talking to everybody else. Just ignore those people. They're loud because they have the time to be loud. Just just don't pay attention. Just don't give them fuel. You know, don't give them air. Uh, and I really believe that, like, and again, I, I think that even some of them are doing it for what they believe is the right reason because, like, mm-hmm. that's how they react to fear. They react to fear by hunkering down. And honestly, like, I think that like, this is, there's no way for this not to sound condescending. So I apologize. And luckily I'm not using names. Uh, You say it, I'll clean it up for you. (sighs) Okay. So when you talk to kids, uh, you have to talk to them in in kind of like, uh, I have a hard time doing this. I'm really bad at it in, in, in really like, um, concrete, finite binary ways, right? This is bad. This is good. So it's like putting people into events where there is a world of COVID. That's bad. So don't do that. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, it's like how a child sees the world. It's not, it's not black and white, uh, the real world, the adult world. And therefore, uh, anyone, as we progress, uh, who is simplifying things to that level of saying, like, vaccine or no vaccine or this or that or black and white, they're, they're missing out on the reality of adult life, which is nuance, which is gray, uh, and I really think that like moving forward, we're going to have, and I'm just curious to see like where this will, where this will, you know, shake out, um, that period of time where it's not just shame, because I think shame was used as a weapon for mostly good at a period mm-hmm. of time. I think I want to see where the shame kind of shakes off for the people that are really trying and what trying looks like. And I think that we're not seeing a lot of it 
and other examples online specifically where it's people who are like saying, like, look, I said this bad stuff, you know, at this point in my life 30 years ago and I've grown and here's the things I've done since then. I'm not that person anymore. It seems like the Internet's like, yeah, we don't care. You were once bad. Mm-hmm. You're always bad. There's no learning. There's no getting better. Yeah. Uh, and that kind of like thought to me and like I've seen it more and more so is is so contrary to growth and change. And what we require is a level of grace to say, look, let's take this person or these actions as um, let's assume they're doing it for the good reason. Let's assume Mm -hmm. first that this is someone who's trying, who cares. And let's talk to that person as if they are a person that cares and come at them with a level of humility saying, had you considered this or why Mm -hmm. did you make this and actually create a dialogue? Mm -hmm. Because anyone who's sitting on the sidelines shaking their finger, they're not doing a dialogue. They're not interested in educating. They're interested at being, being right. Right. Or sit back and take a second and say, how can I support this? How can I like, and I think that when you, when you start to really put yourself in that and say, what can my role be in this? And if you don't find a role in that, in that conversation, in that solution, then you probably don't have a reason to be there. Yeah, I agree. You said something else, Nick, that I want to, um, you were talking about, um, diversity, being one of the things that you think will take a hit through this. And I do want to say that I think our industry has really woken up to the conversation. And I think there's a lot of people out there that are having really great conversations that we weren't seeing before. Um, and I think we're on a, I think we're on a good path. I think we're, we're at the beginning of that conversation and I think we should be further along with it. But I think those conversations are really important. And I think the industry associations are doing a really good job of, of I, kicking the them associations off have actually really done a good job with that actually that that has been one of the few movements within our industry that i've seen unilaterally uh where the associations have all woken up nearly around the same time uh to that and i think the reason is is that inclusion diversity um they're they're not they're they're they're, i don't know i don't know the best way to put this they're not not fun like they're good like they they, mm-hmm. they actually they're not like oh i gotta learn how to use this new straw or i gotta be less like that's like no fun but i gotta stick you gotta do it like the results the positive results of, of just mm-hmm. of like the financial results uh, the design results the excitement of things that you get from actually adopting them the right way mm-hmm. like you get advocates who are like man it's not hard to go back from this it's not difficult like where we have like different straws because like oh well we got to protect ourselves there's really no reason to go backwards to a like uh in a way that is less inclusive like it's just like when you see the results of it you're like why would i why would i not do this yeah as long as we don't get into theater diversity then i think we'll optics are dumb like that's a lazy person's version of uh you know uh including uh inclusion like Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, and it has no value really. Like it, it, it's like, it's like someone who is again, like a child. Oh, so I have to be inclusive. I guess I'll do this thing. Like it, it's black or white. Like, no, no, no. Like you do it because it's good. You do yeah. it because it's valuable. You do it because other people's voices are like, absolutely are the answer to almost every, every, every problem is different perspectives. And the optics part of it where you don't do it thoughtfully and you don't do it mm-hmm. in a way that is integrated, like that's the part where I'm like, well, then it can't, be get su- poisoned. it can't actually truly be successful. And it's not sustainable. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's, totally. it's, you're right. Theater is it. What do you think, Will? I see you checking your emails over there. So you must be bored of us already. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm reading, I'm reading all the stats on all the uh, vaccine stuff. Oh my God. Vaccine sound- stuff. Oh, sounds scientific. <laughs> it's just I totally believe down it. a rabbit hole on New York times. Oh yeah. Um, no, I, I just I think that you guys are 100 percent right about like us. It literally put the pause on so much progress that we had. And I think we talked about this either. And I don't know. I feel like we've been talking about this stuff for a whole year about, oh, man, let's look at all the stuff that's going to end up happening. But I think what I'm most interested to kind of bring it back to the, 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 the general topic of vaccines is just that, like, like you guys said, like I see, I see so many parallels to this and like the stage collapse that happened, you know, in the fair is that like all of a sudden everyone got on high alert and was really, really worried. And then just over time, no one really talked about, yeah, Yeah, just no one talked about it and it became such a self-enforced thing. And Mm -hmm. how do you know that someone's going to be responsible? And I think that's always going to be a big problem in in the events industry. It's just this idea that like, I mean, we've had so many conversations about like certifications and barriers to entry and things like that. But like, you know, eventually we're going to determine at the events industry that 
DEI is the, one of the most important things. Well, okay, like unless you have a DEI certification, how do we know that you're like a, a great management company that's going to focus on DEI? How do you, you know, know these sort of mm -hmm. things? That um, that's what I think kind of worries me a little bit is that, you know, we did all this progress. We were like all these things happened. We had like a year, for lack of a better term, a year off to kind of like reset and figure things out mm -hmm. and like out of this what's going to like what's going to come out of it other than the strongest companies are going to be left you know like are we i, I feel like see. this was a great year for us to be like all right let's make this like one thing that's going to make it so our events industry has a huge barrier of entry and that probably is never going to happen ever again. Uh, I, I my big lesson is that there's too much on the plate of the event professional it's not sustainable and this year didn't didn't disprove that it only showed that like there's even more uh that mm. should be separated from the event planner quote unquote and they should have bigger teams with more resources and i think less events um with more resources for the events that do take place because they're better and they're worth it uh and they're at a higher cost because they get a higher um return and and that's really the only way to, to forge ahead is to not do this with a bunch of uh you know events that don't need to and maybe this will cull them you know maybe we'll at the end of this we'll see you know, look, I, I can't I can't do these events with, you know, worrying about this safety and that safety and this. I just mm -hmm. I'm out. And those events shouldn't have taken place. And what the people that will be left will be the ones that really can prove the ROI, prove the value. Uh, they'll get the resources they need. They won't be asked to do so much that they, you know, pull their hair out and, and you know, uh, and aren't have a sustainable life. And we'll move ahead with more tools, because I think with the same tools we had going in, there's no way. I mean, there's just no way. It's mm -hmm. too much. True. True that. Tui, any final thoughts? For the Little did they know this was going to be a news and bruise episode. But, <laughs> I, this, but these are why I love these Thank conversations you. is they're just so or organic. And it's really nice being able to, to have these discussions with you guys. And to like I said, if anything, this is elevating our, our conversation. We still have so much more to talk about. So. It's true. Dustin, any final thoughts? My only final thought is that we are so delayed in putting these things up that this news is going to be old news by the time you're hearing this, so forgive <laughs> us. <laughs> we just have so much content we create all the time. Nick, any final thoughts? <laughs> uh, I think my final thought, really, the more I think about what we talked about today is, is do better every time that you have an opportunity to do better. Don't try to do best. I mean, I do. Actually, it's a hard way to say that, I guess. But don't, don't not do something because it's not perfect, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and I know it's health and safety, and that's a big deal. I'm not, and I'm not saying like I don't know. There's there's a way to say this that I'm not articulating, but but don't uh, don't feel like um, that the world wants you to fail. Um, you know, surround yourself with people who also want you to succeed, and um, and focus on that community and create that community if you don't have it. Um, because that's what's going to get us over this hump is is a community all focused on success, actual mm -hmm. true success for everyone, for everyone. Oh, yeah, shit. Rising tide. That was that yeah. was profoundly amazing. I love it. <laughs> well, we, my last idea of the day. We'd love to hear from all of you. What do you think about the latest news? What do you want us to cover? What would you like our opinion on? Shoot us an email, eventbrew at helloandless.com. And we'd love to hear from you uh, as well. But to my, my fellow co-hosts who have been so incredible in filling such profound thoughts in my mind, Tui, Dustin, Nick, thank you guys so much for Always joining me today. Well, well, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode of Event Bro. We'll see you next time. Make sure to like and subscribe. You know, helps the algorithm out. <laughs> Go check it out. We'll see you guys all soon, and we'll see you next week on Event Bro. Bye, algorithm. Bye. Bye, Bye Brew Crew. Thanks again for listening to Event Bro. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventbrew.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. See you next time on Event Brew.